Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everyone and thanks for tuning in to part 2 of Gigpod's A to Z of season 2021-2022. We'll give you the bad news first, Rizzo's not on this one. Instead of giving you good news to counter that, here's the worst news. Spunkphone is on with myself, Stevie. Spunkphone is actually not a Sunday, it's a Monday evening. That's actually the day after Sunday, just before everybody's wide off, sir. And the F1 was at Silverstone yesterday. Was it the result that you wanted? Hi, Stevie, and hello to all the, the wonderful listeners. I've obviously not been on for a wee while since we've done the uh, end-of-season awards show, so it's, it's great to be back. Um, on the F1 at Silverstone yesterday, um, not really the ideal result. Um, with Verstappen, obviously, miles off the uh, the front runners. But, um, no, look, I, I don't know how many our listeners actually watched the F1, but fair play to signs. He was due a win at some point, so uh, happy for him on that front. But uh, motor racing is a real winner. <laughs> Back in the real days, of course, spunk for motor racing was very different, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, when it comes to nostalgia and past glories, we're just going to talk about Celtic last season. This is indeed the final show that we're going to talk about and cover Angie's debut season before we focus all on his uh, second campaign as manager. So, Myself and Rizzo covered A to M in part one. We're doing N to Z in part two. And to quote Stacey, I mean Fabrizio Romano, here we go. N is for near beat on. Now, Spunkphone, we know that you absolutely loved him. Sorry, mate, my Pinocchio nose is uh, hitting the wall here. But did you grow to respect beat on by the end of his Celtic career after your famously rocky relationship with him? I must say that I'm, I'm happy for him 
and Rogic, who, spoiler alert for the listeners here, will obviously come on to uh, in a bit. Uh, to, to both obviously leave at the end of last season as champions because it's what they were obviously renowned for doing during the time at Celtic was winning trophies so it was a fitting way for, for both of them to go out as you say I never had the the easiest relationship with Neil Beaton even though it was a bit of a, a one-sided relationship he doesn't obviously know that I exist however I did think and, and I must say in the second half of last season um, he did redeem himself for that really daft sending off at Ibrox in the COVID ball season with that cam substitute appearance that he had back in April. Um, you know, I, I think when he came on, he was outstanding in that game. Helped us really just to, to see that one out. And as I say, he was very, uh, very cam, which uh, isn't something that I would always say about Neil Beaton, particularly when he gets those daft red cards. But um, as I say, that and, and possibly the... Um, performance at the Anthony Macaroni were probably the, the standouts for him last season. They both came towards the tail end, so I have to say he's uh, gone up in my estimation, Stevie, but um, I wouldn't exactly class him as a mate or anything. So we're going to move on to O now. Initially, O was going to be for Uza, but instead it's for O'Reilly. Spunkphone, tell us of your favourite moment from Matthew last season. I think quite a lot of people will probably pick out the goal against St. Johnson. Um and, you know, rightly so. I think it was an outstanding, not just finish for him, but a, a team goal as well. But for me, the highlight of, of O'Reilly's season, um, from my point of view anyway, was the derby back in February. Um, him and Hitati that night were just both absolutely unplayable. Ran their midfield absolutely ragged. And it's a testament to both both of them and, and Ange as well how quickly they were able to come in and, and settle mid-season. I've got high hopes for both of them, but but on O'Reilly, yeah, I, I think that was the standout performance for me last season for him, and um, I suspect he'll be a big player for us next season as well. The majority of the games that he played in last season for us, he never let us down. As you say, the way that he came in, probably in the last minute for MK Dons in January, he was rushed in against Hearts, he even assisted for Gigi, put in a solid performance and he's just went from strength to strength and I look forward to him getting even better for Celtic next season onwards. Right, we're moving on to P now. P is for penalty to Rangers. Spunk phone, it's a miracle we won that league last season considering some of those decisions that we've seen that were dished out to uh, a certain team in the south side that we would obviously never criticise. Just need to ask you, what one for you was the biggest farce in them all though? Well, my plan actually here, Steve, is to let you take the lead on this one. I must say, I have been racking my brains and, and we are pretty spoilt for choice um, in this particular category, but I'll, I'll let you take the lead. I do have one of my own to mind, but I just want to see if uh, we're thinking along similar lines here. It has to be that one uh, against Aberdeen at Ibrox when they were 2-1 down, and I think it was Sakala who just bounced off like Bates or something. He went to I think he went to control the ball with his, with his head, like it beats his knee or something. It was just such a blatantly soft penalty. I mean, if it was any other team, if it was at any other venue, that's a play on. But Rangers at Ibrox, you just knew it was coming. I think that was the night we beat Hibs 3-1. And of course, we were watching the Hibs-Celtic game at Easter Road. But then when you found out that Rangers had scored a penalty, it was just another, here we go, they'll get another one to make it 3-2. And then when the clips started surfacing, <laughs> I remember, like, at that point, I was raging. I get so worked up with our penalties, and I remember getting furious with the one they got with that idiot Ryan Portis when 
think it was another soft one at Easter Road where Ryan Kent when he went down. And then gradually over the season, especially with the, the Europa League run, it just turned into part. It turned into a meme to the point now that when I see those three words, penalty to Rangers, I just burst out laughing. It's now got to that point. It used to really rile me. And now I just get a kick out of it. Of course, I say that and it's all well and good because we're the champions and despite all that, we didn't need uh, many penalties to win the league last season, but it could have went either way last season um, with the way that run-in went and thankfully we trumped them to it. So it's funny to an extent, but some of the decisions last season were just so criminal. So give me yours. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same boat as yourself, Steve. It was the one against Aberdeen, I think, that probably worked me into the, the biggest shoot of all. Um, particularly just knowing that night that, as you say, we were obviously watching Celtic at Easter Road. We'd went there and ended a, a hoodoo there in the league. Um, you sort of had the the score coming through five rocks. Uh, our old pal Bruno was doing as a turn and, and Aberdeen were obviously leading 2-0 in that game. And then, as you say, it was obviously, you're worrying when Rangers get the, the first goal back and then that penalty at the end, as you say, was a an absolute laughing stock. But I, I'd say for me, that was probably the one that worked me into the biggest shoot. We're moving on away from penalties, away from Rangers, and we're going to focus back on Celtic. Q is for questioning Ange. I think generally we trusted the manager and we trusted the process, if you will. Was there ever a time where you were tearing your hair out with Ange last season? I think for me, I think that semi-final was a moment where he didn't hook off Hitati when it was so blatantly obvious that he was right off it. And then he started them in the one-each game a couple of weeks later against Rangers when we drew at Celtic Park. And again, it was so obvious that he was off it. I think it was just blind loyalty at that point with Ange and... You know, it didn't cost us too much in the end because we got a point out of it. If Rangers took their chances, would have been looking back at that and would have been absolutely livid at that team selection. If, you know, that one where Arfield hit it and Joe Hart doesn't make the save, or Sakala scores in like the last minute when he hit the post. You know, so there is that. We did get a wee bit of luck from it. But I, they were the two ones with Hitati last season when I was just thinking, especially in that semi-final, where it was obvious in the first half he was a passenger and yet Ange persisted and keeping them on. I think that was one of the ones last season, you know, when Ange had established himself and he got over that early season slump that I just, I, I couldn't understand that at all. So I think, of course, it was never going to be perfect, but there were some frustrating moments and I think that was my biggest one with Ange. What was yours? Well, I was obviously pretty ignorant, like a lot of people were, I suppose, when I first arrived, when I was questioning his, his credentials. How naive of me, Stevie, to not realise that there was a, a world of football beyond Europe. But um, I think once he was in the door, to be fair, even after that really terrible start we'd had to the season in the league, where we were sitting mid-table and we'd you know lost three of the, the opening six games, um, I think by that point I'd, I'd read enough from him, I'd heard enough sound bites that He'd already kind of won me over before the the form even really turned around, and and we went on obviously that brilliant um, unbeaten run. But yeah, I, I think maybe the point you raise is a good one. I, I think the the decision to play Hitati in the semi final and then again in the the one all draw um, at Parkhead against them um, between kind of April and May that that was the only only one that kind of sticks out for me. But as you say, by that point it was kind of. Blind faith, I suppose. He'd, he'd maybe earned the right to to make one or two mistakes as long as they weren't necessarily too costly. And although there was obviously the disappointment of losing that semi final to them, you know, the league was the main thing, as much as a certain set of supporters will convince you that it doesn't matter in the, the Scottish <laughs> Cup in Europe are actually all that counts nowadays. But um, 
yeah, I, I think the point you raise is a good one, but generally speaking, I've I've not had any moments other than obviously when I initially heard that he was being appointed, where I've it was a real who's that, I suppose, wasn't it? But um, aye. After that, as I say, he'd, he'd sort of gained my trust by that point. Right now, R was going to be for Ramsey, but instead, it's another legend. It is R for Rogic. Myself and Rizzo covered uh, Tom Rogic, as you know, when you're beat on um, a few podcasts back. Celtic are going to recover without him. We've recovered without better players, but still, we are going to miss the impact that he had for Celtic, um, especially in big games. And we saw that Rogic delivered in plenty of them last season. So give us your favourite memory of Tom Rogic last season for Celtic's punk phone. Well, again, I'm going to expose myself here for getting something really, really badly wrong. I've got a cheek to be coming on here talking about football, to be honest. But I'd remember saying, I think it was maybe 18 months ago or something, that Tom Rogic was finished at Celtic, he had no future... Granted, we only got one more season out, and then he obviously decided to, to leave, but to some extent probably took his game up another level. I think, obviously, Rogic is kind of remembered for these big moments and big goals, and the one that obviously stands out from this season um, was the one at Ibrox to, to draw his level in that game. I know myself, you, Rizzo, have waxed lyrical about Carl McGregor's run the build-up to that goal, and it was fantastic, but... See when the ball does eventually fall to Rogic, just how calm he is, just to just to place it into the net. Um, he had big goals and big moments against them down the years, and that was a another massive one for us, obviously, in, in in the context of the season, and then obviously going on to win that game. But just the composure that he showed in in that particular situation, you know, one 0 down, we did a really rocky start in that game, and as I say, he's just calm as anything, just slots it past the. Uh, past McGregor to, to make it 1-1 in that game and that really turned the tide in, in that match and then obviously we went on to win that and, and never really looked back from there so I'd say that was a standout moment, an honourable mention as well to that goal he scored uh, up at Tanadice back in the uh, was it 3-0 win there in December time so yeah they, they were the two kind of standouts but the one at Ibrox as I say were how crucial it was in the season Tom Rogic, thank you We move on to S and S is for Starfelt after a shaky start and a dodgy spell in December, I think Carol Starfield stepped up and he became a really important player for Celtic. Again, similar to the Rogic question. So I was going to ask you, Spunk, from what his standout moment was in your opinion. But for myself, it was his performance against Hearts. I think that was his first game back after an injury layoff. It was the first game in December where we started our unbeaten run. We pretty much won every game, apart from the draw against St Mirren. And Carol Starfelt in the last 20 minutes was outstanding for us that game. I think that was the moment when I realised, yeah, I think this guy could turn into a player for us. And he was brilliant in that last 20 hearts were throwing everything at us. Um, it was at a time when, you know, we still weren't firing on all cylinders. We were scraping through games. I think we'd just beat Aberdeen. I think we let scrape by them. Uh, we weren't convincing whatsoever, but we got the win. It was the one that just hit off Carl McGregor for a clearance. We weren't impressive at all, but we, you know, we stood for him and we got the three points. That was all we could ask for at that time, and it was another one like that against Hearts, where I think it was the one Robbie Nielsen said that slipped the battle for second place, I, I like how that one went Robbie, good stuff, and then they were just throwing everything in the last 15 minutes to be fair to them, um, they were pretty impressive and it's the most I've seen Hearts being threatening at Celtic Park in a long time, we held out, and a lot of that was down to Carol Starfield, last minute challenges we get rid of every ball in the air basically and it just looked so commanding and assured, generally after that he really built on his performances. He did have a poor game in that final. And then 
before that he was obviously sent off against Ross County, but I'm glad that Ange kept faith in him for after the winter break because from January onwards, he really hardly put a foot wrong, did he? No, as you say, he obviously had that kind of shaky start. I think criticism was maybe slightly over the top. A bit of scepticism, I suppose, would have been justified by supporters. My big problem with Starfield last season, not necessarily him, but it was the, the kind of narrative that developed, particularly in the media, which was still going right up till the end of the season, even when he'd had four or five months of really solid performances, that he was shaky, he's a bomb scare, he's an accident waiting to happen. So I get that obviously goes on in social media, but I kind of see that as its own own bubble. But it was frustrating to see that sort of continuing <laughs> this. It's just a bubble. It's just a bubble, mate. I didn't mean anything by it. I, that, that was a bit of a cause of frustration with me, particularly, as you say, because he, he had that shaky start, but he... That that performance against Hearts she picked out was a, a really good one. My my mind was kind of cast back to um, both him and Carter Vickers in the two one game at Ibrox. I thought they were just absolutely outstanding that day. But the the Hearts one's a great shout as well. As I say, he had kind of four or five months straight of really solid performances in the second half of the season after a, an initially shaky start. But he seems to have really settled into life at Celtic. Him and Carter Vickers have obviously developed that, that really good partnership as well. So I'm looking forward to them hopefully going from, from strength to strength next season. As you've raised the, the point quite rightly, so a lot of the players that came in you know, in the January window, but also Carter Vickers in the August didn't have a full pre-season. So um, that kind of partnership between the two developed as the, the season was going on. They didn't really have much of an opportunity to to settle beforehand. So hopefully with a full pre-season under, under both their belts and um, as you say, going next season, hopefully they can uh, go from strength to strength together. But um, I was really impressed with them the second half of last season. Well, let's have it right. If history is anything to go by, Celtic players who are winners who are then going to have another full pre-season get even better, Spunk phone. Very good. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Right, T is for Turnbull. After a blistering start to the season, his campaign was cut short due to injury in the Kyogo Cup final in December, ignoring a certain Celtic fans trolling about him going to West Ham and with more midfielders badly needed for the squad next season. Do you reckon he'll be an automatic pick for Ange like he was up until his injury? Well, the thing now is that obviously there's so much competition for, for places in that midfield. Um, when Ange first came in, it was obviously Turnbull and Rogic pretty much playing ahead of McGregor for three, four months straight. It, it was outstanding, to be fair, up until he got that injury. The numbers that he was putting up from midfield and that he, you know, has put up for midfield since he, he signed for Celtic have been brilliant. Again, he's another one who seems to be a bit of a kind of whipping boy in social media. As I say, it's it is its own kind of bubble at the end of the day. Um, I know you love that word, but it, it really, you know, it's not necessarily representative of the, the wider views. I think he's been outstanding since he came to Celtic and um, I think he will be another big player for his next season. Whether or not he's going to be an automatic first pick again, I don't know, because to say there's so much competition um, in that midfield now that um, yeah, I, I don't think anyone's place other than, than McGregor really is, is safe. But expecting another big season from him, and as I say, his contribution up until his injury, particularly when we were really short, not just of, of quality, but depth in midfield as well. You know, his contribution between sort of July and December last season was outstanding. Right, so you is for, ah, uh, I was stabbed. We've seen many fans rant and rave at things last season, only to have it blown up in their faces. So for me, lamenting James Forrest starting at the Anthony Mack in March, only for him to score 
was the one that did me in last season. And, you know, I didn't even turn around and give it the pride thing, going, oh, he's still shite, or he should have been the team I went. Fair play. Um, he was good that game. It was a big contribution that he made. And it was a very important three points. So I uh, put my ego aside and I said fair play to him. I did not see that one coming whatsoever. The team that Ange picked that game, especially the front three at the time, I was stunned with. But they well and truly shot me up and James Forrest was my, uh, I was stabbed moment. What was your spunk phone? God, we were spoiled for choice with your opinions. Spoiled for choice indeed, Stevie. But I, I think I'd probably go with the same as you. As you say, when I seen the starting 11 going away to, to Livingston, obviously knowing how bad our record was at that particular ground over the the last few years, since they obviously get, get back up to the top flight. Um, I, I, I'd imagine if you went back and looked at it, I'm probably ranting and raving and, and messages to you at the time when that starting 11 had came out. And Forrest, as you say, would have probably been one of the one of the names that I was shouting over and over again with frustration, but he did prove us wrong that day. He had a, a really good performance and, as you say, capped it off with the goal as well. You know, it, it's not been an easy couple of years for him. He's had, obviously, his injury issues. Fingers crossed, you know, he can stay injury-free. Again, we keep repeating the point, but a full pre-season under the manager, no injury problems at all, and, and hopefully he can go on to have a, a big season for us because, you know, when he's on it, he, he's a scorer of... of not just goals, but big goals for Celtic as well. You know, that one at, at Livingston, they won the semi-final as well against St. Johnson. So I, I still feel he's got something to give in a Celtic jersey. And as I say, just hopefully, unlike the last couple of seasons, he's able to steer clear of injuries. But yeah, I, I, I think I was kind of in the same boat as yourself there. Right, we're near the end of this now when we get to V. V is for Vasilis Barkas. In the end, his dreadful mistake against Midgetland forced the club to rectify the goalie situation. So in the end, uh, thank you, Barky. A hero for us in the end, Spunk Phone. Inadvertedly, yeah. I don't think that was his intention to obviously get Charles Joseph Hart in the door, but uh, credit to him where it's, where it's due, I guess. Obviously, there's been a, a lot on social media again about his uh, recent departure on loan to, to Holland. Couldn't care less, to be honest with you, Stevie. I don't know about you, but... He's obviously not got a, a long-term future at Celtic. Um, but as you say, I suppose, inadvertently, it was him that caused us to bring in Joe Hart. So, thank you. Can I just say that one of the funniest moments with Barkas last season, <laughs> and I genuinely did laugh at this when everybody was working themselves into a shoot. Do you remember the game against Hearts? Before the match, like the players were doing the warm-ups and they were hitting the digs for like 20 yards and all that. And he never moved for one. He just let every goal go in. And he practically just went, nah, I don't care. And I know everybody was fuming at that, saying, get him at the club and he's a disgrace. And I just, I watched the eclipse. <laughs> I just buckled. I just went, fair play, he's getting paid. Just to sit about and watch these boys just go in and make no effort. And I thought, you know what? It's an easy gig if you can get it into the spunk phone. Listen, we've, we've all been there well work at some stage. So, yeah, it's a... A rare uh, respect the partner for, for Barky on that occasion. It was just like one big year's notice period for him. So I, I'm not going to spend too much time on Vasilis Barkas anyway. Good luck to him, I suppose, but I'm not that invested in him. W is for West Ham. Now it's bunk phone that friendly this time last year was a bit of an eye-opener. Regardless, I never panicked and I knew that it was another learning experience for Ange and this team. Did you feel the same or will you be a bit more apprehensive of the season after that? This was the game I was at um, when I met Hamish after it and we met Ryan McGinley too 
we went to Gracie's and the three of us, like everybody on the way to that pub and in that pub were like really dejected and like they were feeling as if this season was going to be a, a sore one for us and it was going to be hellish and I remember just thinking, you know, every time we went forward you could see that we did have a plan, we did have a purpose and it was just a case of Ange getting the players he needed in because there was a wee bit of a philosophy and an identity there. I mean, that defence was a shambles, but, you know, you fast forward a few months later, we did get it sorted, they got the players in. That shambles of our first half performance, the even more amateur second. Still never came away from it thinking we're doomed here. Did think there was some, I know, it's going to sound ma- massively delusional, but I honestly did think there was some hope after that one, despite the result. What did you make of it? Well, Stevie, I was... I was um... Listening to you and Big John McGinley on 67 Hill Hill the other day. Um, great show, by the way. Two of you have a fantastic chemistry together. Um, one that could even rival me and John Reed. I'm kind of the same as you. I've, I've never really read too much into friendlies. I know, as you say, it was a bit of a shambles. You had obviously the full circus of um, Griffiths um, coming on, getting booed by half a stadium, and then folks started cheering for him. Armstrong Oakleflex obviously came on, scored the I think it was the fifth or the sixth goal as well. So it was a bit of shambles all round. But as I say, I've never really been one for reading too much into pre-season friendlies. So I, I kind of knew at that stage of the season. I, I didn't actually before we started the pod, and I probably should have went back and had a look at the lineup. But I think it was Dane Murray and Stephen Welsh at centre back that day, and they were up against a really experienced Premier League forward and, and Mikel Antonio. So no, I, I didn't read too much in that game. I, I knew that we needed to, to to strengthen, obviously, but I was I was much like yourself. I didn't uh, didn't start to panic too much at that point. Right. We're getting to the dregs here of the alphabet now, Spunk Phone. I could bring up something truly diabolical for X. But I know people under 18 tune into GigPod, so I won't go for it. For X, I'll go with what GigPod turned into when you get a hold of the account last season. It is X-rated. All things considered, though, Spunk Phone, it's remarkable how you never got the account shut down on Twitter with your um, unique ways. It must have taken a lot for you not to post something from Futurama, a certain gif, if you will, to a Rangers podcast that I would uh, never talk about on this show. Yeah, let's uh, steer clear of talking about that particular podcast, Stevie. We'd be here all night. To be fair, I'm relatively, I wouldn't say professional, but um, certainly not as bad as I am on on personal account on the uh, the pod account. And obviously, for most of, I think the second half of last season, Stevie, uh, I didn't have access to it. But I'm I'm back on there now, so I suspect that a, a suspension and the entire podcast operation being shut down isn't too far away. Yeah, can't wait to be known as the gig pod in a couple of months, especially when you are going to be ramping it up on there. But we'll talk about that. In a wee minute or two, we need to get to why first and why now is for Yusuke Adeguchi. Not a great start to his Celtic career, but it was plagued by injury. A lot of people seem convinced that he will play a greater role for us next season. I think Andrew's also quick to say that uh, Gucci will still get his chance at Celtic. How do you see it going with him? Well, obviously, it was really unfortunate. He, he came in in January, obviously, with, with Dyson Hitati, who, to be fair, you know, were absolutely outstanding from the get-go he obviously picked up that injury um Aloha great great team great great manager would never criticize them definitely not just mindless thugs in that game at all Stevie but um 
yeah, he was he was really unfortunate, I think, and and I still think that there is a a role for him at the club. Hopefully, I mean, we've not seen too much of him. I know he got a few minutes on on trophy day, but fingers crossed he can get um you know a couple of games under his belt in in pre season. And yeah, as I say, I, I don't really know what to make of him in the sense that we've not really seen too much of him. Hopefully, we do it at, at some stage because um I think there's certainly certainly potential there. Yeah, the one thing I do take from that though with Ange that I don't think it is just lip service I genuinely do think that he will get his chance um, and the manager will be fair with him I don't think he'll just be saying that just to you know shut him up because obviously Adeguchi is going to be frustrated on the sidelines watching you know the rest of the guys all tear up that he came in with and get lauded for their performances like Maeda and Hitati and also Kyogo there so I think he'll, he's got a lot to prove and he'll want to show what he can offer Celtic and I do think the manager will uh, give him a fair crack in a bit with that one and good luck to him when he gets it. Hope he takes his chance. So Zed is now for a ZZZ, which is what you lot are no doubt doing after like a minute of this show, having to relive last season for the umpteenth time with us. But that is it. It's the last time we're going to talk about last season. And we look forward to GigPod 22-23. And there's going to be some changes. Rizzo's going to be doing more. And Maro, Spunk Phone, before they said, you're going to be doing a lot more on Twitter. I'm going to be heavily involved on Instagram. And there's going to be a female face as well. So Tupac once sang, I see no changes. Wake up in the morning and I ask myself, is life worth living or should I blast myself? Well, no one needs to blast themselves because we're freshening up and no one can accuse us of standing still. Can they spunk phone? Well, just on the subject of changes, Stevie, let me tell you, I've I've seen a few of them. (laughs) I've seen a few of them. Bit different nowadays, eh? Gone. So GigPod is indeed going to be ramping up next season. We're going to be adding a new face on and we're looking to get a couple of more contributors on as well. We'll put stuff out in the feed and all that. We'll put stuff out on our social media when that's all confirmed. But yeah, we are looking to get more than just myself, Rizzo and Spunkphone. And speaking of Spunkphone, thank you for coming on and giving up your Monday to talk to me for the best part of half an hour. It must have been a real difficult one for you, Spunkphone. It really was. You know, as Garfield once said, I don't like Mondays. Or I hate Mondays, I can't remember exactly what it said. But um, yeah, that's that's very much been me today, haven't it? Speak for yourself. How very poignant. Thank you, brother. Right, so, but you know where we are on Twitter, at GigPod. You know where we are on Instagram, which is getting even bigger, at GigPod. You know that we do stuff with 67 Hail Hail and did something with them yesterday, a live video, which was myself and big John McGinley. You can just check out that on YouTube, 67 Hail Hail, and uh, give them a subscribe as well. That always helps them out. Um, so I will see you for episode, wait a minute, Spunk Phone, is this episode 119 or 120? I don't know why you'd expect me to know that, I'd, I'd just come on here once every couple of months mate. So much for being able to do it on one take, but anyway, I, don't, I think this is episode 120. Anyway, we'll be back for episode 121, we'll be looking ahead to next season and we'll be talking about what signings we've made, the pre-season friendlies we're involved in and just generally freshening things up on GigPod. So thanks a lot for listening. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you soon.
Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.